Good evening. Welcome to Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is your weekly checkup from the neck up. And tonight, I'm here with my family, my wife, Kristen. Kristen, welcome back. Thanks for having me. And Kaya, our daughter. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So excited for you guys to be here. So this is uh, Memorial Day, and uh, this is a day for remembering Many of the, all of the men and women who have given so much, made the ultimate sacrifice for us to be here, and 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 really, there's so much honor to to, to be, even to express. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But many of you may be missing loved ones, and from any way in any way of life where you've lost loved ones. So we're gonna address that tonight. We're gonna talk about things like PTSD, what that is, and what, how and why my people might be experiencing that. But we're going to celebrate here together uh, and and be together. So here's the number, 866-391-1020. Would love for you to call and talk. This show is dedicated to help you with anything you're going through. So 866-391-1020 is a number. And, of course, you can email us on the Dollar Bank Instant Access at kdkradio.com. So let's get started by, well, first I'm going to tell you why my voice might sound different. If you're a regular listener to this show and my voice sounds a little off, there's a reason for that. Yesterday we had a a wonderful family picnic and uh, my nephews were over and we were playing basketball and my one it got a little heated. It got a little heated. No, it was not. <laughs> it's a competitive sport. <laughs> it's a competitive sport. Right, right, right. Of course, people listening are going to think that it was really heated. It really wasn't heated. It was just, it was intense. And my nephew uh, drove to the basket and my neck was exposed and his shoulder went right through my neck. Uh, so I kind of lost my voice. I've been saving up my voice for tonight's show. But my, my family right here, my wife always says, Kristen always says, you know, rally for family. So thank Thank you guys for coming in tonight. They're going to be my extra voice. Extra voice box if you need it. So we're here to help out. Definitely. Well, let's uh, let's go to the phone lines right away and let's talk to uh, Steve. Steve um, from Murrayville, uh, Murraysville, you're on the emotional management. Hi, Dr. Connie. Um, I have a uh, question uh, mostly related to... Uh, uh, helping you, hoping I could ask your help in directing me to a what type of therapist I should be looking for uh, for this issue. Although, if you have any thoughts on the issue itself, I'm you know I'd be more than interested in hearing those as well. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Let's let, give give it to me. What's going on? Yeah, uh, it has to do with relationships. Um, you know, because I'm single, looking, and for some reason, I seem to be attracting the wrong kind of women. Um, I mean, the, the, the types of women that, who I want to be with, uh, I, I seem to be, I seem to actually be repelling, not attracting. Okay. And why do you think it, that is? What's your, what's your hypothesis so far? That, I, I, that, that's where I, I don't have any clue. I cannot figure anything out. I, I have no idea. Do you think I so? Don't, I don't. I don't even know where to start. Well, I'll tell you where we can start. This one. One is a great place to start. What's the one common factor in every uh, relationship you've had and date you've gone out on? What's the one common factor? That uh, like the the women I've been going out with, they seem to be. I mean, they seem to be in a hurry. It seems like to uh, to get into the relationship. 
I mean, I like to take things, take things slow, get to know them as friends, you know, do some casual dating, you know, not, it doesn't mean casual sex, but just casual dating to start. Right. And right. Then, yeah. Then go into a, a exclusive dating. Okay. So first of all, that's a, that's even, see, I just wanted to hear where you were. Cause that's even like a step farther. I was going to start with the basic one common denominator is you, right? You're the same. You are the same in all of those different connections. And so the, that is true. Well, the, and, and the really important thing about recognizing that, and I can hear it in your voice. I can always tell when someone's ready to listen to some uh, feedback, but that's when you realize, okay, wait, if I, it's me, then what can I do differently? And even in your saying, like, I'd like to talk to a therapist that can help me out. I'd probably recommend a female therapist uh, to talk to because she can give you insight. In fact, I actually have a great name for you. Um, we can get you the number, but the Lisa Ald, who's been on the show, is in this area, and she's an excellent therapist and should be somebody great to talk to. But I want to come back to the issue with it. So is the main thing that you're struggling with these women wanting to move into the relationship faster? Has that been one of the same factors all along? That is uh, not not the only frustration, but uh, one of the major frustrations. Okay, what's another what's another one that comes up? Um, I guess I, I guess um, I, I guess like with uh, the, another one is uh, like like with activities, for instance. Um, you know, I like to you know I like to share certain activities, and you know, and it's like I I ask up front. You know, I mean, I, I try to say up front, you know, here's something that I'm interested in that, you know, it's actually kind of important to me. Is this something you enjoy? Right. And then they tell me yes, and then, and then honestly, we get, you know, we get, get into it a little, I mean, we get, you know, date a little while, and then it's like they lose interest. You know, well, so obviously thing. what's what's well, here's a good thing we can uh, deduce from that. Obviously, uh, people are they like you enough that they want to try to impress you at the beginning. And a lot of times we all put on that persona or mask when we first meet someone. And so what happens is they're, they're saying, oh, yes. Hey, Steve, I'm really interested in that, which means they're interested in you. But the problem with putting on too much of a front when you start dating is you really can't keep that up. So let's say that that activity is mountain biking. And they say, oh, I'd love to do that. Maybe they have the best of intention of wanting to start that habit. But the reality is once they start doing it, it doesn't work out the same way. So here's a here's a really key question to ask. Instead of setting up what would you be willing to do, what would you be willing to like, which lets people talk about what they what their ideal self might be, which they're not really ready to do, start to ask them, what is it that you have done that's similar to this? And what have you liked about it and what have you not liked about it? So, again, if you're willing to share, we'll take it. But if not, I'll just go on the hypothesis of mountain biking. And let's say yeah, – go ahead. Okay. No, I say if you're asking me, yeah, I'm willing to share. Yeah, go ahead. Give yeah. it to me. Oh, well, um, it, yeah, one interest I have is uh, like with restaurants, for instance. You know, when I, when I go out to eat um, – you know, I'm just saying. I I tend. I mean, we're, when I'm. I mean, when I'm on a date, basically, you know, I tend to. I tend to gravitate toward you know, like higher end restaurants. I mean, that's one interest of, of mine. Okay. But one that seems to be coming up. But then, uh, you know, but, but then you know, it's like, but then they lose interest and they they want to they want to go back to. You know the Eaton Parks and so forth, which there's nothing wrong with that. Right, right, but it's not what you. It's not kind of the same path of growth. Um, so mm -hmm. I'll tell you what. Here's what we we can do. 
If you want to stick around, I'm happy to talk to you about this a little bit more. Uh, we're going to sure. be up against a break, but I would love for you to hold on, and uh, we're, we're going to be right back. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. We're back on Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. In the studio tonight with me is my wife, Kristen, and our daughter, Kaya. And we're on the phone right now with Steve. Um, Steve gave us a call right before the break, and we're talking about, you know, dating, trying to find the right relationship. And you, so you to catch our listeners up, Steve, you're talking about... You've had some difficulty having meeting women who want to kind of stick with the same, you know, interests that you have. Is that about sum it up? Well, uh, partially the interest is part of it. The major frustration is that, you know, I'd like to get to know a woman as a friend, you know, first, you know, just to really get to know her and then proceed with a, with a relationship. And they just, they want and it seems like the women I'm attracting, they want that instantaneous relationship. Okay. All right. And that's not me. Let's get, let's go to a, a, a female perspective. Since we have a woman's perspective here, Kristen, uh, let me jump in. You're, you're, you're listening here. What, what kind of thoughts do you have for Steve? Well, good evening. I think it's, I think it's great that you called and that you want to, um, to, to see what's going on. I think having that self-awareness alone speaks a lot. But I, I think what I heard you saying, too, was that um, you're looking for things in common. And I, I was wondering, have you had a connection with someone that, um, you know, if, if the connection's there, can you look past having everything be in common? If there's if there's a strong connection that's you know maybe they don't love all the same restaurants but they're willing to try them and you know are you open to that or is it just is it is it more important that you have a ton in common uh, more than a connection? I don't need everything in common, but mm-hmm. uh, you know now that you mention it, I I seem to be having trouble making that connection. Okay. Uh, I, rem- I remember there was somebody I was talking to a number of months ago. Um, you know, I, I, I had me- basically messaged off a of Tinder, and then we talked on the phone, and uh, we actually had a connection, and we had seen- we had a lot in common. But then she just uh, she ghosted me, and that that yeah, that's another thing that people seem to do. They just they, they ghost me. There. It- you know, it's like you stopped answering the phone, stopped responding to my emails. Yeah, and I and I think that's difficult. And I give you a ton of credit for putting yourself out there because you know when you're looking to get into a relationship and you obviously care about it, you care about being in these, you know, finding a special person and, and, and sharing your time with. I mean that that it takes a lot. And with social media and you know different Tinder and different things, there seems to be so many ways to connect, but also so many ways to, you know, be rejected or, you know, have, you know, someone ghost you, <laughs> as you say, which is, which can be hard. And I think the fact that you keep putting yourself out there, I mean, you know, sometimes it, it, it takes going through those things and, and learning about yourself to get yourself to the, the point where you can attract and meet that right person. And sometimes you have to go through those hard things to kind of shape yourself to, to become that person to attract who you really want to be with. And I mean, you sound like a, you know, a friendly person who's, you know, looking for something serious. And if you keep putting that intention out there, I'm sure, you know, that that's ahead for you. Okay. 
So my thought on it too is this now. I, I really, I, I obviously, I really agree with what uh, Kristen's saying. I'm, I'm hearing one extreme to the other. So either they're ghosting or they want it too much too fast. Um, so maybe, and then again, let's come back to the only factor we can control right now, which is you being able to handle how you are in the in the connections. And maybe it's a matter of being, and this is a difficult, I mean, I, I honestly don't even, I don't even know what Tinder is. I just know it's something with dating, but obviously if somebody's been married for 19 years, I'm wondering how my wife knows, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'm wondering, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I mean, I mean, I have not having been in it for a while. What I see is um, that it would be very difficult. I agree that it would be very, very difficult to put yourself out there. But I think it's important not to rush the the people into saying, "Look, this is how I'd really like to be. I want to be myself." Like I remember working with a woman one time who said, I'm so tired of um, the, the upfront game that I'm just going to let people know everything on the line all at once. And the problem with that was she was trying to rush the stages of human connection, and you just can't do that. The first stages are those, those masks. So really it's learning how to navigate what masks are people putting up uh, to try to make that connection and what's really them. So again, I'll come back to, let me, if I wind it down, what I would come back to is the, when you're asking questions of them, ask them what they have enjoyed, what they do enjoy versus what they would enjoy. Because in other words, you're not asking what they'll ideally do. You're asking what they actually will do. Yeah, that's what I'm, uh, you know what, now that you mention it, uh, you did say masking is one of the stages because I don't see that that's something I do not do period. You know, if they say, you know, I'm not going to say, Oh, I, I highly enjoy something. You know, there, there have been some questions at times where I've been asked, do you enjoy this or that? And, you know, I'll actually say, yeah, I enjoy that somewhat. You know, I can, or I can tolerate it or whatever. I'm, I'm actually going to say how I am on that. Or if it's something I've never done before, I said, oh, oh, that's okay. I've never done that before, but it sounds like something interesting to try. Right, right, right. What I loved about uh, no, it, I, I, and you can tell, yeah, it, and it's it, good to have that honesty because you could tell when your voice went up real high when you're like, yeah, I'll try. You know, like you can always tell when that's you being honest, like you really probably didn't, uh, wouldn't have enjoyed whatever that was, but. Yeah, and you and and the one, um, the one the thing you mentioned about the stages that that's one thing that I noticed that uh, yeah I guess I do try to. I mean, okay, I I mean a lot a lot of the surface stuff. Um, I mean, I I, I guess uh, yeah, I guess I do tend to kind of reveal that you know I do tend to want to want somebody to know that rather than wasting her time and mine. Right, but it's almost um, like it's almost like we can't hurry up and get to the feelings and sometimes the 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 point of exhaustion which I can feel I would I, I and I really can I can't imagine what it's like but I would imagine that if I was in your shoes I'd kind of feel exhausted with all the okay how many layers let's just get to it but again the problem is in human connection that just doesn't happen there is that mask at first that's an important part of an interaction is to go through that. There is a conscious way to go through it. And I think that's why sitting down with someone could help. Let me give you the number. And, uh, you know, this is someone we've had in, um, we've had in the studio before. She's excellent. Uh, she's an excellent therapist in this area. Her name's Lisa Ald, A L A U L D. And her number, the number to reach her uh, is 412 737 
3420. Okay. Yeah, she's an excellent counselor. She's in this area, and I think that could be really helpful for you, especially having a, a, a woman's perspective, just as even as Kristen, as my wife, was able to give some insight uh, that she can see differently. But uh, final thoughts for Steve, Kristen. Oh, I mean, it, I think it's hard to get to that place where, you know, I mean, marriage and long-term, you know, that's in, in sickness and health, and it's hard to be at that point on, on the first date. On, you know, so you might want to have that, you know, like, let's just let's get everything out of the way. This is the, you know, the black and white. This is what I like. This is what you like. What can I expect from you long term? But, yeah, I think building on that connection early in the beginning, like maybe not getting um, so focused on the specifics of likes and dislikes and really just focusing on, you know, being making that connection up front so that those things can come because i mean sometimes opposites attract you might have a really strong connection and you might find out that you know they don't like mountain biking and that might be something that you do on your own while they do something else and then you come together and you know you you share share those things about your experiences and you grow and you might try something new together so i would just say focus on that connection more than anything okay all right good luck to you Steve, yeah, thank you so much for the call, buddy. Hey, you're welcome. We wish thank you, you. The, we wish you the best of luck. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's really powerful talking about relationships. Listen, all night long, we are here with you. My family's here with you. We'd love to hear from you. The number is 866-391-1020. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome to Emotional Management. We're back. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. It's Memorial Day, and we are talking, uh, we're going to talk about grief. We're going to talk about uh, loss and how to deal with it. If you want to be a part of the show, we'd love to love to hear from you. The number is 866-391-1020, and the dollar bank instant access is kdkaradio.com. In the studio tonight, my wife, Kristen. Kristen. Good evening. And our daughter, Kaya. Good evening. Good evening. Kaya, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm so glad you guys came in because as I started to say at the top of the show, I was playing basketball yesterday and uh, my nephew accidentally gave me a shoulder to the neck and my voice sounds a bit off. Um, (laughs) Competitive games. Competitive games. But we had a lot of fun. We had fun. But let's go. um, It's Memorial Day and we're, you know, we get... uh, a lot of emails uh, from here at KDK uh, and also to my site. So you have a question right there, Kristen. I do. You... I have a few questions. Um, the first question is, uh, Dr. Conti, my husband lost his father last summer, and I've noticed a huge personality shift in him this past year. Sometimes I feel like I'm living with a stranger. I really miss him and feel like I'm grieving him while he's grieving his father. I feel lost. Please help. Karen from Greensburg. Karen. So, Karen, thank you so much uh, for your email. Um, and I'm sorry to hear about that for your husband, for him losing his father, and then also hearing about you grieving about almost losing him or at least feeling like he's not there right now. Um, that's definitely understandable. That's definitely understandable. Grief does strange things to people. It impacts us in a very powerful way. So if we really think about um, death and on Memorial Day is a day to think about the, the, the idea of death, I think it's so difficult for people to talk about because it's so final. And 
we don't have a hey we we know exactly what this looks like after death and so you know we have uh, belief systems and things like that but as far as this concrete this is exactly what it is we that's a mystery to us and because of that mystery it scares us when it scares us when we're faced with any kind of overwhelming fear shock change it it does rattle our brain it does really form us in different ways so some people react vastly differently it's i i would tell you after working uh you know doing twenty thousand hours of clinical experience that i've definitely seen this exact thing that you're talking about before where people believe that their loved one is just different because they have been impacted in such a profound way i think it's really important for you to hold a space for your husband i think trying to force him to grieve in the way that you want him to grieve is that's going to be a challenge. And then the second challenge that's going to be huge without holding a space for him can occur when you try to make him stay what he, what he, the way he was when in fact going with how he is different now can actually have him not resist that. So we tend to resist it. If you're, you're changing, no, I'm not, I'm not changing. But if you kind of listen, I, I love you and I respect you. This has impacted you in a powerful way. And I want to be here with you for it. Here's the things that I'm seeing differently in you. You're shaking your head, Krista. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, sometimes when someone goes through something that profound and, the, and they, they change, they're, they're different. And they may not be different forever or there may be something that you have to do to adapt to get used to the new normal. And I think when, when people grieve, there's that 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 in between period of this is the new normal and i think the not necessarily the sooner because it's not about going through it quickly but when you can you know kind of accept what is and and then move forward rather than living in the past you know embrace what's going on in this moment i think sometimes it might be easier to move forward so it's a good phrase you uh getting used to the new normal it's a, there's a change. And I think trying to hold on really is very difficult. When we try, when parents try to stop children from growing up, um, when it, anytime you stop a change from happening, you're really, it's, you're the one that's buckling because change is coming. Change is the only constant. And honestly, what relationships are all about people adapting together to the changes. So you made a reference for our earlier caller, uh, in sickness and in health, that concept behind marriage is we're together through the ups and downs. That means there are going to be changes. And the problem is we can't foresee what those changes are going to be. And a lot of times people make that vow or that promise based off their projections of what those promises, what that's going to look like. So, okay, listen, if we encounter this and this and this, I'm here for you. But I'm not ready to commit to those promises for what I don't see coming. Right, right. I think when yeah, when when we first get married, we might think, you know, someday you might have a cold, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead, I'm gonna hold your hand, and I'm gonna pet your head, and that's gonna be. <laughs> but you know, life's life's tough, and it'll it'll knock you down. And and when you're going through something with another person, you not only have all your ups and downs, but you also have their ups and downs too, because you're, you know, in that partnership. And so I think that's, you know, it's important to know that. You're on that ride, and there are going to be those moments. But um, holding a space for someone and accepting, you know, the new normal over and over again—that might be, you know, 50 times throughout you know your lifetime together. But that new normal, keep embracing it and stay present, and keep adapting and, and changing and growing together. And 
you know, she she may want to suggest uh, that he that he talk to someone if he's really at a place where you know maybe he's if he's depressed or he I, you know I'm not sure she didn't get into specifics about what he was experiencing, but you know maybe suggesting going to going to therapy or or herself going to therapy. So if he she can't necessarily rely on him right now um, for her emotional grieving. Uh, that she at least has someone to speak with or that he does too. Sometimes it's important that they either, if they don't have each other to talk to, that they're at least getting the help that they need in, in some way. It's a good point because if you don't know how, you there, you probably have loved ones out there that you would love for them to go talk to a counselor. You would love for them to get insight. The challenge is, even though that might be a, a wonderful suggestion, might be something I would support, the truth is, if they're not ready for it and they're not ready to listen to it, then it's not going to happen. So now you're faced with how do you respond to that loved one who's not willing to kind of make those changes and face that stuff. Now it's up to you to adapt because, again, that change is coming. And so how do you deal with that change? Um, there's a wonderful adage about how you can never step in the same water in the river twice. So even if you step in the same place, it's new water. It's always changing and that's life life's going to be changing constantly and those changes can be deep and powerful like we're talking about they might be everyday types of changes kaya you have just made a change from going from uh middle school graduating middle school and then on to high school so talk about changes that's right up your alley <laughs> yeah changes um changes well like you said change is definitely something that's always constant and i think the one thing that we can always rely on in life is that things are going to change we can always fall back on that you know Things are always changing in life. So the our, our goal for all of us is to figure out how do we adapt to that change? How do we adapt to it? And the more you have a system in place, so the more rigid you are, and this is just kind of true, the more rigid you are, things have to be this specific way, the more you're going to struggle when things change. And that can go from lighthearted to something powerful. You always say be the be the palm tree. Be the palm tree. That's an you beat me by one there. second. You beat yeah. me by one second. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Yes, you're going to say be the palm tree. Yeah. And 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 why, Kaya? Why be the palm tree? Well, because I think you you always, um well you always use the analogy that um you can be an oak tree when there comes to change. You can be rigid, and if uh, if a storm comes and wind blows, you you usually just crack and fall over because you're standing so still and straight. But if you're a palm tree, you know you blow with the wind, and I think you see in a lot of videos of um, hurricanes and stuff, the one thing that always remains after a city has been blown with a hurricane are the palm trees because they just blow with the wind. It's a great, a wonderful, wonderful metaphor, very powerful metaphor. Um, and that's really what, this is what Karen has to do is kind of bend with the changes that are coming. And, and even as you say, Kai, with a hurricane for, for Karen, the hurricane is her husband changing. For her husband, it's the loss of his father. So there's a storm blowing in that house and it's powerful. The best way to survive that storm is going to be to be that palm tree versus trying to keep things rigid in the way they were. It just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work that way um, to keep things that way. Look, we know that you are probably struck. You, you out there have gone through a loss in some way. Maybe the loss is the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's through death. Maybe it's the loss of a relationship. Maybe it's the loss of things being the way you were used to having them and now they're different. On this Memorial Day, let's take some time to, first of all, honor those who have fallen, all those who have dedicated their lives for us to be here. But let's also take some time to deal 
with whatever memories are impeding your peace right now. The number to talk to us is 866-391-1020, or you can email us at kdkaradio.com. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Joined in the studio with Kaya. Conti? Yes. <laughs> and Kristen Conti. Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's Memorial Day, and there are many of you out there are going through uh, through that sense of loss. And look, when we th- when we reflect, when we reflect on our loved ones who are gone, it brings up different things for different people. There's no one way to grieve. There's no one way to go through the process. There's no correct way uh, or best way. And I think a lot of times people will believe. Look, I should be going through it this way. She shouldn't be going through it that way. He shouldn't be going through it that way. They should do it this way. And the problem with those shoulds, the problem with wanting everyone to grieve in the way that you want them to grieve is you're going to run up against people who simply just operate differently. So it's important when it comes to grief to know that people just really do handle it differently. Now, there are people who've gone through, uh, you know, like, for instance, my grandfather, uh, uh, Kristen, your grandfather, uh, the greatest generation. They went through stuff that was so difficult, so challenging um, that they would have, you know, there are things that we hear people complain about today or that maybe we complain about that that generation wouldn't have complained about whatsoever. So there are people who look and say, listen, this isn't a problem. This was a real problem. Look. And when I first started my career in counseling in the 90s, in the mid 90s, I would have said, yes, there are certain things certain just are bigger for other people. But one of the things that research has shown us is that whatever a person's perception of an event is, that's meaningful to them. So if someone, if their perception of an event is overwhelming, It doesn't matter what it is to someone else. It matters what it is to that person. And their brain can respond in something called post-traumatic stress disorder. We used to think that it was around, and it was more highlighted around uh, Vietnam War, where people would say, realize, realize that when soldiers were coming home, they were experiencing triggers, things that would bring them their memory and put them right back. So let's say, for instance, they uh, heard a loud noise and that loud noise could have mimicked the sounds that they were experiencing uh, overseas. My grandfather told me a story one time that when he was in uh, Japan and he and uh, he and his friend were, they were actually sleeping under a tree. This is in war. So they have these helmets on. He was describing it and he's watching uh, the bombs come down and he was sleeping and, and they said most of our body was in water. We're, we're staying up to have these, uh, to see who would keep watch. So you think about the intensity of wondering, is every moment going to be my last? I'm literally watching uh, bombs come through the air. Now, later on, when he comes home, for years, if you know, if he heard certain things or saw certain things, it makes complete sense why that would trigger and put him right back in that moment. And I think that's true of anyone who's experienced that type of stuff. So on Memorial Day, let's speaking of soldiers who have gone through so much, there is a chance that they could be experiencing things like post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, 
I want to also expand that to any of you out there who've gone through any kind of trauma, any kind of tough life experiences. If it matters to you and it shaped your brain in a certain way, you could be going through that grief. If you are and you want to talk, the number is 866-391-1020. But I also want to encourage you to talk with someone, to talk to counselors and to get some support around that. Uh, let's go. You had some. Uh, let's go to some questions. Yes, there's here. A, there was a question, uh, Doctor Conti. I lost my dog six months ago, and I feel blocked in my grieving. No one seems to understand how devastating this loss was, and they keep telling me it's not as serious uh, because it wasn't a person. I'm devastated. Please help. Okay, so um, was there a name? I'm sorry if I didn't it get was an, it. Was anonymous. No, no, no. Yes. Okay, so you lost your uh, dog, and and. How long ago was that? Six months ago. Six months ago. So in our family, I mean, certainly we recognize right away, we're definitely, we would, we would be what you call dog people. Uh, the three of us here, uh, Kristen and Kaya and me, we are dog people. We have, our two dogs are, are definitely our family. So I can't, you know, my heart goes out to you right away. I wish there was a way to reach into your heart to let you know that to provide some comfort because that's so sad to go through the loss of a, a pet um, and, and to not feel validated. I think sometimes when, it's, you know, like you talk about that all the time when someone's dealing with something and then they have to keep explaining it because they don't feel that it's understood. You know, sometimes all it takes is even if, so if you're someone who, you know, maybe isn't a dog person and you see someone that's grieving, it's, it's nice to even just say, you know, that's, I'm, I'm sorry that you're struggling. That's really hard just to, to hold a space for them for a minute because there are people that that's super important too. And I, it really, it's, it's it, in an ideal world, we wouldn't even have to uh, justify or rationalize why you like something. If you like something and you love something, if you love someone um, and you lose that person or you lose that thing, whatever it is that you loved, you don't really need to justify or explain that to others. You can say, look at somebody and say, listen, you're obviously if I see you're hurting, you're hurting. If it was meaningful to you, it was meaningful to you. My the part that seems to be a struggle for a lot of people is wanting people to respond the way they think they should. So whoever's telling you this or not validating you is thinking, well, you shouldn't be so upset or it shouldn't be bothering you in that way. But as you said, Kristen, if it is, it is. Right. And I remember when we um, we've gone through losses with our, our pets before. And I remember even thinking, you know, like a lot of times when you lose a, a family member or something, you have a funeral and you have your your family support around and everybody kind of gets together and, and has that support time but sometimes with a pet if you don't have that you kind of do feel lost because it's this huge part of your life that's missing but you didn't go through a formal process not everybody knows it's just so you know i mean maybe suggesting that she you know kind of go through something and and, and have kind of a ceremony for herself or invite some friends over and, and say some nice words or a goodbye and maybe something to have some sort of closure would be helpful for her. Right. Uh, you know, actually Rob Pratt was asking us that earlier on his show about that idea of going to a memorial. And that is so important when you go to a memorial, you ha- it becomes crystallized. It becomes real for you and you're able to then process it intellectually. And I think that's what's really important for you to do, process it intellectually. If you would like to process stuff with us, the number is 866-391-1020. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDK Radio. Good evening. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management. 
my uh, family source is here. My source of emotional management in the studio. My wife, Kristen, and our daughter, Kaya. So glad for you guys to be here tonight. Thank glad you, you for could having have us. us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was in unison. That was awesome. That was great. So, Ground sound. Right. So, I mean, you know, the great thing about these two rallying to come here, for you guys to come in with me, was, uh, you know, with my little injury in the basketball game yesterday where my nephew <laughs> took a shoulder to my throat. It was, com- it was a complete it was accident. accident. Yeah. It was a complete accident. It was, In fact, I didn't even let anybody know that it was bothering me during the game but after oh, the but game you let us know after oh yeah <laughs> i started All to night long. that's right i had to like use uh kaya you gave me that app so i could use the voice to oh, talk oh my gosh that was something special emotional management i need support <laughs> listen i always say there are two kinds of people there are people with issues and and people who are no longer with us and so if we're alive we've got issues and um we we all go through it. when it comes to pain or when it comes to being sick uh i'm definitely a baby i'll i'll, I'll go ahead and throw myself out there i have no comment no comment <laughs> thank you no comment uh so we um yeah so this was a great hopefully you had some time with family over the over this uh weekend and hopefully it was an extended weekend for you. If you are struggling because you're upset about some things that happened with family over the weekend, give us a call. The number is 866-391-1020. would love to hear from you. On Memorial Day, you know, there are many things to remember. When we think about people or loved ones who are gone, there are different ways we can think about them. We can think about them in ways that hold a, uh, hold a space for them and honor them. And there are times we can think about them in ways that kind of uh, keep us stuck. And so there's no right or wrong way to go through whatever grief you're going through, Um, but it is worth it to be at least step back and ask yourself or at least reflect with others. And I think that's why, you know, having these questions and being able to have an outlet for you, again, the number to call is 866-391-1020, but let's go to some of the emails, uh, yeah, and I think you know, it, on Memorial Day, I think it kind of stirs up some some feelings for people. So we have um, another email that reads, "Dr. Conti, my grandmother recently passed away, and it has been tough for our entire family. But my brother was really close with her and has been having a hard time coping. He has seemed to be really negative lately. How can I help him focus on the positive?" So the brother has been negative after the, the the passing. I guess he's been more down and negative. It doesn't. Yeah. So I mean, first of all, it's very normal to be um, down and and have that come out as negativity. If you don't get, if you don't catch it though, and I think this is why it's good for people when people write in and ask about it. I think it's so important. So I really appreciate that question. When you start to shine light on it, then you can change it if it needs to be changed and although it's very natural to be negative to be angry because remember that's what happens a lot of times when we lose someone we're so upset we don't know how to deal with that pain so we lash out we become pessimistic we become negative um, which is understandable but just because something's understandable doesn't mean it's the most healthy way to respond to it so dealing with that negativity is is difficult and again, people, um, you always say people always see your, people will see your actions, not your intentions. Someone cannot know that they're being negative and they might be being negative and not realize it. 
That's an excellent point. That's 100% right. And I think that's actually, I do believe that's what probably happens in most instances. Most people do not believe that that negativity, they're not being, they don't see themselves as being negative. Rarely do you meet people who say, yes, I'm being negative. Instead, people have a tendency to say, um, I'm being, I'm just being realistic. Mm-hmm. I'm being realistic because the glass is always half full and half, half empty. Mm-hmm. And so it is realistic to look at it as half empty. It's also realistic to look at it as half full. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I love what you just said, Kai. That was, that was very insightful. Sometimes people don't realize how they come across. You always say, was it that, um, not only that people see your actions, not your intention, but we tend to minimize, you know, our kind of our interaction in a certain situation, but we maximize, you know, maybe what others do. So we minimize the pain we cause others mm -hmm. and maximize or amplify the pain they cause us. And a a word you always use is um, validation. And I looked up, I pulled it up on the internet, the the great Google of earth. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) the definition for invalidate is to deprive of legal efficiency. Well, this isn't a legal matter, but I think the word deprive stands out because you really you feel deprived inside when someone doesn't validate what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> that's a weird way to say it, but I think you understand what I'm trying to No, that's say. awesome. There are more. You want to look up the multiple definitions because, yes, in the legal term, that's what that means. Uh, to invalid, to be in, to not validate someone is not just to not stamp their parking ticket. It is to underscore, uh, to not underscore what they're going through. So, so in other words, that person goes through pain and they're expressing it. And instead of saying, acknowledging it and saying, wow, you're really in a lot of pain, they look at you and they say, well, that shouldn't have bothered you. That You shouldn't be acting like that. And then, wait a minute, to validate someone is to acknowledge what they're going through. To acknowledge and say, okay, your perspective, whatever is happening, Whatever you're experiencing, I'm acknowledging that that is real for you. That doesn't mean I agree with it. doesn't mean I see it. It means, and, and that's at a minimum, it means I acknowledge what you're going through. And I think another, um, I think a way to that definitely if you, if you, someone points out to you that, hey, maybe you are being negative and you just don't see it. I think the big things are, you know, um, your energy is probably a big factor that people might notice. You might Try to be self-conscious of your energy, your self-talk, and the way you communicate with others, the way you have a perspective on the world. Oh, I like that a lot. Energy, self-talk, and communication. Where did you get that? I, I found know. that in a worksheet so that you made. <laughs> I was like, I've heard of that, that before. Guy, that guy sounds like he knows some stuff. I don't know where you're learning this stuff, but it sounds pretty good. No, I, uh, so let's talk about that energy, self-talk, communication. So your energy, how you uh, exude yourself to the world, how you, what you give off. People, we don't really pick up on our own energy, but yet that's one of the most contagious things we have, except we tend to not really take care of it. So we don't understand. So we might be super negative and be like, oh, no, I'm not being negative. Or you shouldn't pick up on that because when we minimize, so let's come back to that statement. When we minimize the pain we cause others, we think you shouldn't be picking up on that part because I don't really mean it. But the truth is people see what they see because they see your actions, not your intentions. Make sense? Tying it all together. Tying it all together. (laughs) That's what we're doing. And we want to tie it together with you. So if you would like to talk, the number is 866-391-1020. Look, we know you're going through a lot and um, we, we know that every person's experience of life, there are things that you're, that you're going through. I, I think that a big reason why I set out to say to do this show was I thought 
and I do believe this wholeheartedly, um, I don't think there are enough resources out there for people when it comes to emotional management, understanding your psychology. It's just not stuff that we're really taught in school, but I believe that we would benefit from being taught these things. So I do this radio show. I do a YouTube uh, channel. So my YouTube channel, you just go to YouTube and type in Dr. Christian Conte, C-O-N-T-E. And you can also, uh, like, for instance, I do I did a video on uh, PTSD. Um, I actually made that video specifically for someone who wrote into my site and said he had been critically injured in a suicide bombing in Pakistan. So I made, he said, would you make a video on uh, PTSD? So I did make it for him. But I, I've heard from people all over the world from that. Uh, people, a veterans group recently reached out to tell me that they were showing it at the vet, with the veterans group. So I felt really honored about that. Um, but that's why I do this. I know that there are, we go through, we don't have to go through this experience of life alone. So would love to hear from you. 866-391-1020. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. Welcome to Emotional Management on KDK Radio, the checkup from the neck up. I'm Kai Conti, Dr. Christian Conti's daughter, and we're here in studio with Kristen Conti and Christian Conti. Good evening. Uh, my parents. <laughs> Good evening. Good job bringing us in. Thank Good job you. bringing us in. That's Kaya. Uh, she is our uh, beautiful daughter. Oh, thank you. So this is a uh, powerful day, and um, we were talking at the break about some. Uh, you know, this is a this topic's big. Yeah, people. We were. You know, we've been talking. Memorial Day sometimes brings up you know, different emotions for certain people. And there are certain people that, you know, there are people that go through trauma or traumatic things or grief in some way. And we were kind of talking about during the break, uh, what traits uh, make someone be able to get through some things easier? You know, there are people that go through some really traumatic and really horrific things and they're able to bounce back and, and almost grow and become stronger from it, be it, you know, more positive and, and grow from that situation. There are people that might almost get into a car accident and it sticks with them and they they can't seem to handle it or shake it so it doesn't necessarily always mean like the what actually happened and sometimes it's just the the perspective of of maybe what happened so we were maybe trying to think of you know what traits might someone have to help them get through something if maybe someone hasn't experienced something yet what are maybe even some things that they could do to know how to cope with life more. So let me throw this out to our listeners too. Uh, the concept is resiliency. If you have found a kind of a, a key or a secret to being resilient, something that's helped you bounce back, I would love for you to share that with us. 866-391-1020 is the number. And of course, we definitely want you to call in if you'd like support around any of this stuff. But I want to talk about resiliency. I think it's a great topic. Resiliency is the uh, uh, ability to bounce back. And it's a topic that psychologists and social scientists have studied uh, for half a century. How do we get people to be more resilient? Because exactly what you asked, Chris, Kristen, are things that um, these uh, social scientists and psychologists have been asking. How do we enhance or amplify those traits of people who are resilient and what are they? So the number one thing that kind of keeps people locked into not being resilient, to not bouncing back, is what I would call psychological rigidity. In other words, if I need, I talk about this all the time, I say there is a difference between the real world 
And what do I call it, Kaya? The cartoon world. The cartoon world. The cartoon world is your world of shoulds. This is the world the way I think it should be. And then the real world is... How it is. How it is. You always say align your expectations with reality. There it is. Align your expectations with reality. I love it. Um, So in the cartoon world, here's what happens when people struggle with resiliency. They say this shouldn't have happened. This shouldn't have happened. It can't have happened. It's not fair. It's not fair. Um, I can't handle this. And so they get locked into that cartoon world trying to change the past, trying to rewrite the narrative that exists. The problem with that, it's understandable why you would do it. It makes sense. Like pain causes us losing somebody you love, uh, you know, having that go through loss. Like I said, it shakes up your neurology. So it makes sense why someone does it. Here's the problem. When you're forcing the world to be the way you think it should be, even if your shoulds are valid, wonderful, honorable, compassionate shoulds, if they're cartoon world shoulds, they're still cartoon world shoulds. So I was saying this uh, last week, I was um, speaking in Washington, D.C., and I was talking to people about this concept of shoulds, and I said, I might think on a personal level that people should be more accountable if they cause harm to someone than let's say they do something that's like, let's say I do a lot of work in the prison system. So if someone causes physical harm to someone, I think that's something probably holds somebody accountable for at least as much as nonviolent things, if not more. So I think that's a pretty realistic, you know, hey, that's kind of common sense. Yeah, that makes sense. If someone hurts somebody, they should be accountable. But the reality is that's not always the case. The, case, the, the truth is sometimes people do nonviolent things and have a significant consequence compared to people who do very violent things. So my, my cartoon world might make sense to you, might make sense to me, but where I try to help people gain awareness about this concept of resiliency is even if I think what my idea makes sense, it's still a cartoon world thought because I have to align my expectations with the reality of the way the world is. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense because you're you're kind of setting yourself up for failure of thinking, going through life, thinking life should be a certain way when it there's there's no way it's going to be. So you're almost setting yourself up to not be able to handle those situations every day. So that's everyday life. You're not going to be able to be set up to handle that, let alone if something significant happens. And I think the more shoulds you use, the more detriment you're causing to just your overall well-being. I, I agree. I agree with that. So I'm going to call it Kaya's palm tree. When you could be like Kaya's palm tree and you can kind of go with it and be prepared. It doesn't mean it's easy. It's just accepting reality. It's accepting the reality. If something happened that was awful, we might not want it to have happened. And it's and it's just awful that it did. But the reality is if it did, it did. Yeah. And so going back to what we were talking about earlier, what traits make someone um, more easily able to go through something traumatic. So I would say you're saying that you're not living in the cartoon world. So having a realistic understanding of what the world is like, uh, you know, more right, of a right, realistic- right, right. And that doesn't mean that it's not like, it doesn't mean that what you're going through isn't beyond tragic because it is, mm-hmm. but it's the question is when you're stuck in it is versus being able to get 
be resilient, bounce right. back, move on, continue because to live. Because there are people that are able to move through. So we're trying. We were trying to what pinpoint is that quality? what is that. You know, and that could be faith. It could be community support, having positive thoughts. You know, what are those? You know, what are those traits that those those people have that are able to adapt and and thrive? And faith is faith is one of those things that we definitely would support because mm-hmm. I think that's something that does drive people. Think about it. If your concept, let's, let's go with this for a minute. Let's say someone's uh, belief system is in heaven and something beautiful after, after death. Well, in a place of peace, in a place of absolute peace and beauty and, and just, uh, I guess peace is my, my best word I can come up with for it. But in a place yeah. of peace like that, there's an absence of suffering and so from that place, I would say, and I say this to people a lot, if they've lost someone, if your loved one is, and you're believing that that loved one is in this place of peace, then they definitely don't want you to be suffering. They don't want you to be suffering. It doesn't mean it's not going to be painful. And that's mm-hmm. the important part. Like, of course, it's going to be painful, but it means putting yourself into that. This shouldn't have happened. Well, it did happen. Mm-hmm. And as hard as that is for us to face, the sooner we face it, the better chance we have to get through it. This is really deep. It's heavy stuff to get to, and we definitely, um, we definitely want to be able to keep processing this. Let's go. Um, I want to go. I want to go to. Well, we're going to come back. Uh, we've got. We're going to come back. We have a, a whole bunch to get to from phone calls um, and and some some emails. This subject is a subject that is impacting uh, that impacts all of us in a deep way. We all deal with loss on some level, and if we haven't yet, you just haven't lived long enough because we're all going to deal with it. The question is, how do we do it? How do we build this resiliency? And uh, so this is important stuff. The number is 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access is kdkaradio.com. And I, I want to take a moment before we go uh, into this uh, break to really honor all the those who have fallen um, through you know, through war, all our soldiers, all the soldiers who have done so much for us to be able to be here. And don't be afraid to, to thank a vet. You know, if you, if you see someone out, you know, you see someone pumping gas, has a hat on, make sure you thank them for their service. Agreed. Thank you so much. This is Emotional Management on KDK Radio. Welcome back to Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Uh, talking about some heavy stuff right now about the, it's Memorial Day. A lot of you out there have gone, all, I think anyone who has lived long enough has gone through loss. It's a common theme. The question is, how do we get through that loss? And we're talking about resiliency. Let's go to the phone lines and we have Tyler. Uh, you're on KDKA. Hi, Dr. Conti. Um, I know, you know, what your subject is tonight, and I was thinking about my own life, and in my life, uh, my family and I, we've lost our little baby boy, and that was a very traumatic time for my wife and myself, but also for, you know, my daughter, uh, who went through the expectations of having a brother or sister and you know in a in a brief moment everything changed in our life and we had to go through the issues of you know dealing with you know the loss of our son but also 
the the impact on our our existing child but you know also dealing with the ramifications of the people around us you know who were also uh dealing with the loss of you know our child too <clears throat> excuse me so you know as you were saying how do we deal with that particular situation you know even when you have a loss in your life uh, from my experience it's been picking and choosing who to listen to because there's a lot of people out there that I have found that don't know how to deal with somebody that is dealing with, you know, uh, the sorrow or loss of a loved one and they don't know what to say. So they can come off a little bit abrasive, Yeah, yes, but, then there'll be yes. other, but then there'll be people that are, you know, they don't say a word. They'll just, you know, be there and hold your hand. So, you know, in my life, my uh, brother-in-law and his wife were awesome during my time. And, you know, that that was a real uh, shoulder to lean upon during that tragic time as that door was closing, you know, my son's life. And coming through the years, you know, this has been, that happened back in 2002. So um, the grief cycle for myself and my family has evolved with time but what i find a lot of people not understanding is in the grief cycle the anniversary dates are still just as painful mm. because you're still remembering back and that's always a trigger mechanism in our in our house is what happened on those days and it's still just as fresh as if it was yesterday and you were talking about how do you handle that? And a very good friend of mine, a priest had told me, you know, to come to a better understanding and be able to go through it day by day, you have to build a little mental box to put this grief in, in this entire situation and put it in there and lock it up. And because you do have to be able to survive and go on for your, you know, your daughter that you have. So in my in my little mental world dealing with the grief, whether it's right or wrong, I have that special little box that I deal with that situation. And on those anniversary dates, that box opens up and you relive it. But then at the end of that day, you fold everything back up in into that mental box and you close it up and you move on for the next sun up. Well, hey, I'm so sorry for what you and your family went through because it's unspeakable and it's difficult to put into words. So it's 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 not enough to say it right here. Um, and and so definitely, my heart goes out to you for that. When, when the points you're making are excellent in terms of picking and choosing who you listen to. You're right. I don't think anyone can tell you. Um, what you're experiencing, only you know what you're experiencing. Only you know, and even in your family, each of you would have experienced it in your own unique way based on your own past. And this is one of the reasons why people telling people what they're going through and what they're going to experience is, to me, a challenge because you don't know. You don't specifically know what other people are going through. I remember one time working with a woman who lost her son and she was, uh, I'm so sorry, she didn't lose her son. She was in, she was sick and she almost lost her own life and was out of his life for the first eight months of his life. And that guilt really was eating her up that she was gone and people telling her, just don't feel that. That just didn't, that wasn't working for her. You can't just tell somebody how to feel it. 
So I appreciate the things you're, you're sh- saying because you're right about the anniversary dates as well. I'm glad you brought that up. It is important to remember that that re-traumatizes. Uh, you get re-traumatized because now here you are experiencing it once again. Yeah, I noticed that you know a lot of people were trying to think of what to say. You could see in their facial expressions they were in a very uncomfortable situation. They'd either try to ignore you or, you know, and you would take it as they're pretending that this never happened or they're just ignoring the, the situation that you've just gone through. Um, so sometimes, you know, I think people just need to understand you don't have to say anything, maybe just, you know, an arm around the shoulder and, you know, a pat on the back and, you know, if there's anything I can do, that, that goes a long way for somebody. But, you know, I think also that uh, just being able to reach out to people who have lost, it's a big thing to help out with them, just knowing that there's somebody there in your shadow to help you. That's excellent. Uh, I'm so grateful that you called because I think that's the type of stuff that people need to hear. Um, so I'm super grateful that you um, for for you to share that. You're right. It, there, it is scary for a lot of people to. I mean, no, I mean, not just a lot of people. Most people, it is scary, and they don't know what to say. And I think people are afraid. Um, here's some common themes I've heard through the years. I'm afraid if I say something, I'm going to make them upset, and I don't want to make them upset. And so it comes from a very good intention, but it's not the most effective thing to do. Um, I agree with you. I remember when my grandmother passed away, I remember I was at uh, 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 university and I remember some girl came up to me and said, I'm really sorry to hear about your grandmother and all my friends knew about it, but nobody said anything and everybody kind of just avoided it and no one was bringing it up. And I don't, I can't even remember who this uh, person was, but I remember when she said that to me, I was like, wow, that's really extremely meaningful um, that you would take the time to come say that because no one, none of my friends would even talk about it. It was almost like just dead quiet. And when I walked in a room and I was like, oh, so yeah, that's a, that's a difficult thing to deal with having people just don't know what to say. So I say, say something, even if you don't know what to say. Yes, that's in, like I said, sometimes not saying anything can be taken as if you're ignoring or you're denying that, that it ever happened that, you know, that this person lost somebody. So I just think that, you know, just a simple word that, you know, I'm here for you goes a long, long way. Well, I agree with you 100%, and I appreciate that. And I think that another thing for listeners to hear, too, is not to not to take it as, if you can, don't take it as if they're trying to ignore you. It's to take understand that it's coming from a place of fear, not knowing what to say. But then the more important message is say something. If you can, say something. And if you're on the other end of it, try not to take it personally if people are not, because then you're like, oh, you see why. The point, what you're saying is so true. But I think the other part, too, that from my experience was I always considered myself a pretty calm, rational person. But in that time of grief, you become very raw, and certain things are very, they cut you really quick. So things that wouldn't bother you on a, a typical sunshiny day during your your tragedy or your grief period uh, and people are super sensitive and just the simple things hurt 
Uh, you know what? You're, you're That's a really good point, too, as well. I think this is why, I mean, first of all, there are enough words to say for what you've gone through, but being able to take the time to share this with us is so helpful because I know there are listeners out there that are just identifying, going, yep, I'm seeing this kind of stuff. People are ignoring me. People aren't aren't saying something. I'm, I'm, I'm upset with it. Little things are tr- triggering me. But you're right. It's just ultra sensitive. It's ultra painful. My analogy is coming to mind really quickly is imagine your skin is your skin's ripped off on the arm and it's so sensitive and then someone slaps it like that's going to be so painful so quickly. And if you're wearing a shirt and they can't see that pain, they just they go, what's the big deal? I just touched your arm. But you're like, ow, beyond because they don't realize that that pain is underneath. Thank you so much, Tyler, for your call. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. This it's really, really um, powerful and important. And to hear a message from someone who's gone through something like that is something that I hope impacts all of you out there. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti on KDKA Radio. This is Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. It's Memorial Day. It's time to remember and reflect Anytime we do that, there are all sides of a coin. There are signs where we, uh, there's the side where we reflect and it draws up pain and that's difficult. But then there's also the part that we bring up joy and we're able to remember uh, loved ones and the beautiful things that they brought to our lives. This is a, it's a, it's a heavy topic. And we were, we were even saying at the, on, on the, uh, off the air, we were saying it's an extremely heavy topic and it is, it's powerful because you want so badly. I think there's a part of anybody who's really caring who wants to reach in people's hearts and take away pain. I know I feel like that a lot. I like, oh, I wish I could mm-hmm. just take this from somebody. Um, and when you can't do that, then the best thing that you can do, I think, is encourage people to be as resilient as possible to get through what they're going through. Almost like I picture Rocky Balboa's trainer, uh, I can't remember his name, uh, Mickey, his, his trainer going, you can do it, Rocky. Like Almost like you're encouraging, like you can get through it. And here's something that I would say that I want to add to the resiliency piece. So for 20 years, Kristen, as you know, when I leave the house, I go do therapy. And that's where I've been all this time. That's that where you go. Yes. And so when I'm doing it, was I met with people for all this, thousands of people. And what I see is I believe in people. I believe in the human spirit. I believe in the human spirit and the ability of, for people to overcome. I've watched people go through stuff that is just awful. Um, but I see people bounce back. And so I believe in that. So I try to take that essence and give it to people. Is there something over the airwaves I can give tonight? It's you have a much greater ability to overcome than you probably even realize. The Navy SEALs do what's called the 40% rule. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. 40% rule, the 40% rule? I do, yes. Um, I believe that they said that um, anytime you think that you you can't give anymore, your body is only at 40% and you're only 40% of the way there. That's awesome. That's what a great memory does for you right there. Yes, (laughs) you're right. Uh, That's what it is. So the Navy SEALs have this concept that once your body, once you say, ugh, I can't do it anymore. You're literally at only, well, for them, yes, you're that's the percentage. You're at 40%, which means you have 60% more to give. And um, an analogy for me, I'll give you two quick analogies in a different form. One, I was a kid and my dad was shoveling stones under the deck. I was helping him shovel these stones and I thought I can't really go anymore. 
and he kind of that was a great moment for me to learn work ethic because he just kept going and did it and he just he never complained he just did the work and i remember he and i were digging um a ditch at our um at our house and kristen at our first house uh, beside the driveway we had a, a sub pump or something like that we had to dig and I remember digging and we did it for hours. I'm thinking, gosh, we have to be almost done. And he said, no, let's go down a couple more inches. <laughs> and it was just another, like, I don't know, five or six hours beyond me thinking, I thought I can't go another minute. Um, so it's, there's always, you have more in you than you realize. I think so. And I think, um, you know, when someone goes through something difficult, I think it was helpful. Like our previous caller, Tyler, I think was really important to call and, and, and share that story because I think it helps people that are listening to know what to do. You know what I mean? When you're, when you're in that situation, sometimes you don't always know what's best. And I think, um, when they can, you know, reach out and help people, sometimes it's helpful because it gives sometimes that pain a, a purpose to continue, like cause they, it can be healing for other people that have gone through, through similar things. It can be. And I think it's important for other listeners to hear also that, there were those moments of, uh, I'm, I'm, something's heightened is I'm already mm -hmm. heightened. Right. Right. And I think this is a lot why, um, we've talked about even for our own relationship, but in, uh, and I talk about this frequently is about our mind wanting to match our body. So just being able to say to somebody, I'm very agitated right now. I feel very, I'm hungry. Let's take that as an easier, mm -hmm. like more of a lighthearted as we're, as we're winding down. Like if I'm hungry, I say to you, I'm hungry versus snapping and being agitated at you right that changes everything everything you know, because it just it gives insight to to what's going on and so you don't focus on you know that you you know what's really going on and you don't have to take it seriously yeah yeah so in this on this memorial day think about your loved ones and i would like you to do this if you could visualize whatever your belief system is think about where you might imagine your loved ones to be what state of being they might be in. I'd like to, I like to imagine on a personal level, a place of peace, um, a place of just pure, uh, light and peace. And so from that place, I believe if your loved ones could reach in and talk to you now from where they are now in a place of peace, I believe they would want you to be able to move forward in the best possible way. I believe that on a personal level, um, I believe it strongly and I realize it's only a belief, but it is something I hold strongly. I think that if your loved ones, and if you believe that they're in a place of peace, they only want the best for you. And I think it's important to remember that. So we're going to wind down thinking about being Kaya's palm tree. <laughs> Kaya, what kind of, uh, thoughts do you have on being in the studio tonight? Um, I had an awesome time. I had an awesome time being a palm tree with all of you guys. It was really fun, and I just wanted to um, thank anyone who has um, served our country, all the men and women who have fought to um, give us our freedom. That's awesome. I appreciated having you, and I appreciate that. Thank you for, for all the men and women who have served our country. Yeah, freedom isn't free, and so it's, you know, it's we have a tremendous debt of gratitude for the, the men and women who have fought for our country. So for anyone out there listening who has served Thank you so much for your service. Thank you so much. We genuinely appreciate you. Um, if you see a veteran, uh, please extend a thank you, a heartfelt thank you, um, because it's for them that we are here. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio.